Welcome to Couch Buddies. I'm Kia. I'm Michelle. And today, <laughs> try to think of like how to like this book. Not, I say this book. It's a book based on a movie, but it's also a book based on books yep. and a movie based on a book based on books. It's very weird to think about. It's We're, the inception of movies. It really is. <laughs> oh, wait, and, or is Inception the inception of movies? Now I'm just confused. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> but we are covering <laughs> the Jane Austen Book Club. The Jane Austen Book Club is a 2007 movie, and it stars a big list of people, so bear with me. Maria Bello, Amy Brenneman, Kathy Baker, Maggie Grace, Emily Blunt, Hugh Dancy, Jimmy Smits, Mark Lucas, and Lynn Redgrave. <laughs> and there's others I could have included, but decided not to mm -hmm. for the sake of sanity. It was written and directed by Robin Swipeward. Uh, the mm -hmm. book is by Karen Joy Fowler. Uh, the IMDb score is 6.8 out of 10, and it has Pretty a 66% on Rotten Tomato. Nice. Mm -hmm. So, full disclosure, like I haven't seen this movie in forever. I have not either i watched it yeah i was, gonna, I, I was trying to think I, was like, I don't think i have yeah I, I, I have owned the book since college i remember it was probably college or like when i lived in my apartment after mm -hmm. college it was probably the last time that i that i watched this movie mm -hmm. but it took me some places um there's some yeah there's some seriously problematic characters and they are less problematic in the movie than they are in the book man yeah um, yeah at least he's 18 in the movie i'm just gonna say that right now Oh my god, I just nearly fell off this sofa. Oh, it's going to get worse. Anyway, We're going there. The, the synopsis of, uh, of this movie, uh, if you haven't heard about it, it's six Californians start a club to discuss the works of Jane Austen, only to find their relationships, both old and new, begin to resemble 21st century versions of the novels. Which is... Uh, it's a stretch. It's a stretch to say that, I think. But... I think I, I already read the book in preparation for this. I finished it this morning right before I watched the movie. Um, I've watched the movie twice once before I read the book and once after I read the book just to make myself mm -hmm. like stay honest with my opinions. And it is one of the few books in the world where I'm going to say the movie is better by mm -hmm. a significant amount. I, I have a lot of respect for someone who can write a book because I love writing and I've never been able to write a book, mm -hmm. but the book goes some dark places, and I think unnecessarily so. Mm -hmm. I feel like, is, I think you're going to understand what I'm saying. Sometimes I feel like it goes there because it is shocking, and they want that, yeah. Karen Fowler, or Fowler wants that, you know, shocking moment for you. Because within the first two chapters, which the book is broken down into months, mm -hmm. uh, and so in <clears throat> March, because the book starts in March, the movie starts in February. Uh, so in March and April... You find out in in March, first thing in March is Jocelyn's chapter, and you find out like Jocelyn's backstory. And Jocelyn was sexually assaulted when she was fifteen, uh, and then blackmailed. So I, I think sexually assaulted again when she was like yeah. sixteen. Um, a guy was in a car with her and refused to take her home. Or, no, sorry, they were in a car and it was pouring down rain. And she was terrified because he was driving too fast. So he pulled over and said he was either going to keep driving or she had to kiss him. So Great. yeah. Yeah, the 15-year-old one is she played two teenage boys against each other all summer, and the older brother thought that was wrong, and so had to show one of the boys' older brother, had to teach her a lesson. Yeah, it was completely like, I, I couldn't believe reading this book after seeing the movie. I was like, this is, this is, what? This yeah. Is, and she continuously blames herself. That is never cleared up in the book. That is never, it's never made to sound like it's not her fault, because it's written from her perspective. Yeah. And I have issues with that. Um also, the, for me, one of the biggest changes in the book, or from book to movie, 
Uh, number one is, of course, timeline, because everything in the book, everything takes place in that those few months that they read these books, the mm-hmm. six months. But the stuff we see also takes place like a year before, two years before. Because mm-hmm. like Greg, she meet, met Greg a year before the book. Okay. The book club. See, that makes so much more sense. Yeah. Like rather than I met this dude at a hotel when we were there for conventions and I invited him to the book club. Oh, no, no. It's still basically that. She met him in the hotel and then a year later he still had her email. Uh, they never contact each other again really because – there's a whole thing, which I'll get to in a second. But uh, a year later, he moved to the Sacramento area and said, hey, can you tell me, like, the best place to have coffee? And this was at the same time that Daniel left Sylvia. And so that's when she was like, hey, you're perfect for my friend because she just got heartbroken. And you're a little bit younger than us because Sylvia's a grandma yeah. in the book. Sylvia and Jocelyn are that age. So so the, they do age them down for the movie, um, which is – I mean, that's it's Hollywood. Of course, they're going to age well, them down. And basically, like in in the um, in the movie, you get that Sylvia, played by uh, Amy Brenneman, mm-hmm. uh, and um, and Jimmy Smith. Like they mentioned, like they have three kids. Mm-hmm. Allegra is the only one that we see. Yeah, and Diego and, and Andy are talked about, which is yeah, what Di- happens. In yeah, the- Diego and Andy are, are talked about, and like they're talked about, like them being at school. Yes. And so, so kind of leads you to believe Allegra is the older of the three is what I kind of got from the movie. Well, see, cause Allegra doesn't, Allegra like lived on her own in San Diego. Allegra had, li- yeah. San Francisco, in, whatever. In my head, it was the reverse. Cause when they were talking about, that's the, the way boys, it actually is. Yeah. So. When they were talking about the boys being away at school, I assumed that meant college. Like, and so that, so that they had two kids in college and that Allegra, would also be college age, but had like opted not to go to college was kind of how I read in it. the book. Um, the boys are both full grown out of college. Diego has kids. Uh, I don't think Andy does, but Diego has, has kids. Yeah. And so it, that to me, that changes a lot of things. Like I think they've been married 30 years rather than 20, 20 something. And like, that's a, that is like, that's a little bit older than just midlife crisis. So it's an interesting, mm-hmm. like, it's an interesting shift from her yeah. being in her forties to being in her fifties or sixties with her fifties, yeah, probably, probably fifties based on, mm-hmm. and Greg is not very wealthy at all. He doesn't have a lot of money. He doesn't it's have Hollywood. I'm fine with that yeah. change because Hugh Dancy's an attractive young man. Let's allow him to have, let's allow him to have the, the cause you got to Because she's Emma, she's got to marry a man of fortune. She can't mm-hmm. marry. And she's a, she's a woman of fortune in the movie, yeah. in the movie. So yeah. But it tells a lot of their backstories that you don't get in the movie. Um, naturally, as it's a book, it can yes. do that. Every chapter has flashbacks, essentially. Um, Prudy. Prudy is the most problematic character in both the movie yeah. and the book. I'm just wondering, should we maybe, like, tell talk, the characters? T- yeah. Tell the characters and, like, yeah. explain them? Sure. Because there's a fuck ton of people in this movie. There are. So, uh, Maria Bello plays Jocelyn. Yes. Like you said, Amy Brenneman plays Sylvia, which is Jocelyn's yes. best friend from childhood. Yes. And Sylvia is married to Daniel, played, played by, by Jimmy, Jimmy Smith. And also, I really love how they bring in, because in the book, Sylvia is the one who is Hispanic. Yeah. And so I really love how they, they do bring in the Spanish-speaking. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool yes. that they do that. Um, Kathy Baker plays Bernadette, Bernadette <laughs> who's the kooky old lady everybody wants in their life in the movie. In the book, yeah, less so. She, yeah, she's definitely sort of you know free spirit. She's yeah. had six husbands, and like she's looking. One for, of them was a producer of, of Fred Astaire movies. Yeah, and, 
she's just that that kind of glam mm-hmm. that glam lady. Uh, Maggie Grace plays Allegra, which is the daughter of, of Sylvia and Daniel. And then Emily Blunt plays Prudy, which is the wife of uh, of <laughs> Dean. Sorry, Dean? I blanked for a split second. I didn't, and I was like, "Which name is she going with first? Dean, yeah, played Dean. by Mark Lucas. Yes. Uh, and then Hugh Dancy plays Grig, G R I G G. Grig Harris, and and he he's a you know late twenties, early thirties something. Mm-hmm. computer IT guy who apparently used to own a software company. <laughs> yeah, he like he used to own a software company, like he sold it. He has enough money is basically how he when puts he, it. When he puts it, yeah. yeah he never he, knows how to answer that. Yeah, he never knows how to answer it. He has enough money and he still continues to work in sort of He likes IT, so he continues to yeah, work in he, it. Yeah, he continues to work IT support because <coughs> sorry. He continues to work IT support because he enjoys the work mm-hmm. and he's one of these people that like you can tell like he he has to be doing something. Um and Prudy is a French teacher who has never gone to France. <laughs> and she, she oh my god. In the in the movie, I'm gonna start with that and then I'll I'll work my way back for just a second. Uh in the movie, she has an inappropriate relationship with a student. The student largely like hits on her, not like he starts it and that she, she right. but but she feels disillusioned with her husband at home because he's a Neanderthal, Bernadette's word, uh, because he had to he like canceled their trip to Paris without telling her, and it was supposed to be a work trip, but a lot of stuff happened, and he comes off in the movie as a guy, a guy's guy, like he's he's a man's man. He he plays as basketball. He comes, the he, way that he yeah, the way that he's presented is sort of. Well-meaning, but slightly oafish. Yes. The book him? No. Just absolutely no. He, like, actually... I I read this in college. I know that I borrowed this from you Mm -hmm. and read it in college. I can't remember anything about it. Well, I I marked a passage. Just, like, I'm not going to do this very much in this, but just because I think it's fun. Um, It's her talking to her friend Lori about marriage. Lori says, It seems to me that you can marry someone you're lucky to get... Or you can marry someone who's lucky to get you. I used to think the first was best. Now I don't know. Wouldn't it be better to spend your life with someone who thinks he's lucky to be there? Why can't both be lucky? Prudy asked. Well, you can wait for that if you like. Lori was the one who hadn't married yet. Uh, And then it goes on. uh, Where'd it go? It was the marriage that was important. Jane Austen ever, ever, sorry, rarely even bothered to write about the wedding. Prudy had married Dean, who for no reason that Prudy could see thought he was lucky to get her. She was still learning how lucky she was. Dean was so much more than solid. He was generous, friendly, easygoing, hardworking, good-looking. He shared the housework, and he never complained, and you never had to ask. For their wedding anniversary, he bought two tickets to Paris. This summer, Prudy and Dean were going to France. And that was the problem. Prudy loved France. She'd made a life out of loving France. She'd never been, but she could imagine it perfectly. Of course she didn't want to actually go. What if the trip was a disappointment? So... Dean sounds like like everything, uh, but then here's the other thing. Her friend Kirsten's husband did impressions. He could do people, but he could do objects as well. Lawnmowers, corkscrews, cake beaters. He could do the whole cast of Star Wars, especially Chewbacca. Uh, Dean was a thoughtful lover with no objections to oral sex, even when it was his mouth. Sorry. Even so, if Prudy had an itch for one night for Chewbacca, that was a thing Dean couldn't do. 
And I, I want you to I almost do my book. I want the listeners to know I rolled my eyes so hard they nearly snapped out of my head. Yeah, and and that's the character of Prudy and the character of Dean, which is totally not how they are in the show in the movie. The movie you get that she is m- making this illicit connection with this teenager because he's paying attention to her and he's seeing yes. her. Whereas, and, and I think this is going to sound really weird for in some way. It makes me understand Prudy in the movie better than Prudy in the book. I yes. don't understand the Prudy in the book who has and but this is the thing. Like I know this is the thing. Women who have this man who literally worships the ground they walk on mm-hmm. and doesn't and they know they're lucky to have them, but at the same time they're mm-hmm. still not con- they're still not they're happy. They're still not content. Yeah. yeah that she's, she's like she was she felt she was lucky, but she wasn't content, is what it says later mm-hmm. on. And that makes me not like that character, like, just actively. Also, in this movie, there's one teenage boy, Trey. Mm-hmm. Just one. In the book, there are at least three teenage boys that she notices. I'm going to, like, rip a phone book in half. Um, and so, and there, and not all of them are 18. So, for me, the character of Pretty in the book, and, and the other thing is, this is going to sound like a really weird like disconnect was the way I think about it. We, she says he's her student in the movie. He is never in her class. No. And if he's 18 and, and, and stuff like legally, I'm not saying that there isn't a problem with what she's doing, but it's not the same thing as literally Trey is taking a test in her class and flirting with her. Like, and the Brigadoon scene is totally different, but she walks by and doesn't want to go home. So she goes to watch the, Brigadoon. Instead of her mom failing to pick her up. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Prudy in the book, like I said, there's just, it's much, she daydreams about a couple of different teenage boys. There's another that she knows has a crush on her, and she kind of teases that. Uh, Sorry, it's just the more, the more that you talk about it, like, the more distressed I get. I'm done, yeah. And the more that I need to either, like, I'm just gonna, like, yarts, or I need to, like, go and, like, scrub myself, like, in the shower. But, but yeah, so the book is much darker in tone. Yes. And it's darker to, I think, to the detriment of it. Mm -hmm. Because the book, to me, definitely doesn't put the same emphasis on the, the... the actual like Jane Austen novels yeah, as the movie does. I appreciate that in the movie. There's actual discussions in the movie mm-hmm. that I feel like we miss out on in the novel. There are, there are a couple of months you don't even go to the meeting because like um, the one at the very end, the persuasion one, mm-hmm. that's a meeting at the house that that beach day was just a thing for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prudy misses two meetings. She Which does- she does in the movie too. Because she misses... She only misses the one. She only misses Northanger. Uh, she misses Northanger, and then in the movie, they're going to do Persuasion, and she never shows up to the beach day because she's going to... Oh, gonna, right, 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 right. She, yes, yes, she's yes, yes. going... Because she's on her way to the hotel with Trey, and then turns around and changes her mind yes, and goes yes. home, and she yes. and you're, Dean you're talk correct. it out. So you're she misses... Yeah, so she misses two. You're right. Um, but I meant, like, they know she's going to miss to, like... like yeah. Because uh, the Persuasion day, she still goes to... The way the book ends is almost the movie to me ends so well. Mm-hmm. Like it, it really comes back and and does a lot of good things at the end. Mm-hmm. The book doesn't so much do that, in my opinion. The epilogue is they they are out eating at the cafe, whatever. And okay, this is probably my biggest issue with the book and a little bit of my issue with the movie. The look down on sci-fi. 
Yes. The superiority, and I don't know if the book is trying to be ironic with it, because maybe it is. That's a completely legitimate, it's being ironic. But the book is so judgmental of anything uh, of Buffy. Because, like, there's a line when Jocelyn meets Greg. Mm -hmm. Um they're talking about the sci-fi convention and it's like people go to the lower bit, the lower levels or whatever to discuss the dead and dying TV shows and books. Yeah. I remember that. And it like, it used like a star Trek example and a buff and Buffy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I realized this book was written. I didn't check when the book was written. Let me check real quick. To be, like the movie, because in the, like in the movie, Greg and Jocelyn meet on the elevator. Excuse me. 2005. So this movie, this book was made in 2005. Yeah. So in the movie, Greg and Jocelyn meet on the on the elevator, and Greg asks her, you know, are you here for the Buffy convention? Yes. And and she just kind of no no. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And and like that's that's all there is like really said about it, except for that they get their vampire lore wrong. But whatever, I'll let it go. (laughs) The book gets it wrong too. It's exactly from the book. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, the other thing is going to sound really weird in the last, since 2005 or 2007. So uh, since then we have had so much more in the way of sci-fi and and a bigger acceptance of sci-fi. But to me, reading this book and watching this movie, it felt like it was written by somebody who didn't know that world in any way, shape or form. And was like, it's nice that you have something for you. Pat, pat, pat. Yeah. But because the way that it felt to me, and based on the fact I'm I'm speaking more from the movie because again, mm-hmm. like I have not read yeah. the the book in at least ten years. The way that it felt to me in the movie is that Greg is supposed to be sort of a I don't know, like uh, he's supposed to be like a, a not parallel, but like he's supposed to be um, like not a, like I keep wanting to say like a foil in some respects in just that he's meant to be. Like he he's similar to them in that he has like he has passions. It's like they just aren't necessarily for Jane Austen. Yeah. It's like and like but he comes to it through the book club. And he comes and, to it with an open mind. And he does. Which is great. And but the way that he's the way that Greg is portrayed in the movie is back in, you know, two thousand six, two thousand seven, when nerd culture wasn't it was just really it was just really beginning that right you know so like him wearing you know like japanese t-shirts and you know like under blazers and things (laughs) like that that's something like now like i see that all all, the time all the time like it's for lack of a better way of putting it like 2006 2007 that was before like chris hardwick happened Mm -hmm. and and through like because like Watching that, like I'm not comparing Greg to Chris Hardwick, but it, <laughs> but in that very like nerd culture is is like is is a thing is, that should be accepted and is it yeah normal? in that it's like so he like he's living you know Greg like he's living his life as you know as a as a fanboy and like a fanboy of like you know geekdom but I'm like dude you know like, he's just a regular dude like who would be mm-hmm. in like who would go to uh, you know. He'd absolutely like go to Comic Con and mm-hmm. you know like, which to me is like what I I remember feeling like when I was when I was rewatching this movie last night, I remember thinking that when I watched it in college, that Greg felt like almost like he stood out like a sore thumb, 
and that that he was just that something about him felt awkward and and in 2006 2007 like yeah that would have been the case because seeing some like seeing a character who like who is so like open of his love for sci-fi mm-hmm. and you know he like, has to share it yeah wants to share it and like has no shame over it mm-hmm. and like that was not necessarily the norm and i feel like to like as an audience back then like that was supposed to be a little disconcerting off putting and like watching it now i'm just like yeah, dude, you go. I'd go hang out with Greg. Like, he seems I was awesome. like, yeah. I'm like, but, like, even when he's, even Greg, when he's talking about the Buffy contingent in the movie, makes the crazy signal signals his hands. Like, he's like. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, and so, like, like I and to me, that bothered me in the movie, because, and this is how really weird, too. The story that happens in the movie, I think, is super important of how he got into sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I feel like the way that they made it in the movie, it doesn't really come up in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way they made it in the movie feels to me like an excuse. Like, a, he's normal, guys. He's not, like, one of those weird people. He's normal. Yeah. He, it's just this thing he shared with his dad. He's totally normal. And and I'm like, you know what? It didn't need that. It like, didn't. I don't feel like it needed that. I like the, no, I like I, the use of it in the bonding. I was going to say, I, I don't think that... <laughs> the movie didn't necessarily need it. And as an audience today, we don't need it. Yeah. But... The character of Jocelyn, Jocelyn needed yes. it. Jocelyn is a very superior character, which is very Emma of her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Emma is my least favorite uh, character in Austin. It just I've read all the Austin novels as well, and I have not. <laughs> Emma is my least favorite character in all of them, and it's for the reason that given the movie, mm-hmm. she's a snob. Yep, she is a spoiled little rich girl, and I don't like her. Like, like I have, I have certain aspects where I like. But. I like. I I will say I have not read all of the Jane Austen novels. I have, however, seen at least one adaptation of like Jane Austen films. Well, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm just kidding. Um, I can go all prudy on oh this. My God, I would like stab you with my pen. <laughs> um, like I have seen an adaptation, like at least one adaptation mm-hmm. of of each of the of, of each of the novels. Like I know, like you, how much you dislike Emma and it's mm-hmm. something we have we have discussed at length off mic mm-hmm. and I will admit that I have seen the I have seen the Gwyneth Paltrow Emma and I have seen the Rome Laguerre Emma don't particularly care for either one of those the literally the only adaptation of Emma that I like is Clueless <laughs> I I will tell you that the Emma I, I, I like Clueless um the Rome Laguerre is that the one with Johnny Lee Miller yes uh, that one's okay I can deal with that one. Yeah, it's it's okay. I'm just not a big fan of Johnny Lee Miller. Yeah, I get that. The the thing I was gonna say, this sounds so weird. There's a web series version of almost all of these. Mm-hmm. Um, Lizzie Bennett Diaries, which is phenomenal. If you haven't ever seen it, you should try it. Uh, Emma Approved is from the same people mm-hmm. who did Lizzie Bennett Diaries. Uh, and there's oh man, there's Char. Oh, I gotta remember the Kate Moreland Chronicles, which is Northanger Abbey, which is really good. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then Man- the, uh, from Mansfield with Love, which has much, much lower um, production, production value. Quality. It's it's done by someone actually in England. Mm-hmm. It's a much lower production value, but I love it so mm-hmm. much. Like the act, the, you can tell that some of the people are not actors in it, and that's yeah. Like one guy who comes in and playing charm. playing Lord Mr. Bertram, not Lord Bertram in that, but mm-hmm. Mr. Bertram. I'm pretty sure he has a script on the clipboard in his hand, and that he because his head is never in view on purpose. Mm-hmm. 
And so he's reading, basically reading the lines. And that part's not so great, but it does a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. And and so, yeah, like, I love those modernizations so mm-hmm. much that I kind of wanted that from this after, because I didn't see those until long after I'd seen this movie. Yeah. But, but like, those are such good modern-day, like, retellings of these stories. Oh, yeah. I, they're so good. I remember, like, when Lizzie Bennet Diaries just skyrocketed. That, that won an Emmy. Yeah. So... See, I mean, if you're interested in checking out, like, um, if you don't want to read the books, check out, like, the modern-day adaptations on YouTube. Because mm-hmm. there's some really interesting ones out there. I haven't seen one for Persuasion. Uh, it seems like one existed for Sense and Sensibility. Like, it never really got off the ground. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the big three, the big four that I me- are the ones I mentioned. The, yeah. Those are the four that I know really well. But, anyway, I just wanted to throw those out there because I think they're really interesting adaptations of something. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what this tried to do, and I think kind of missed the mark. A little bit. Yeah, I... It's not so on the nose, which I get, and I'm fine with that, but... This movie, like, on the one hand, like, re-watching it, I'm like, it's not, you know, there's really nothing offensive to it, and I'm like, but there's just really nothing all that, like, interesting for it, like, either. Like, I just kind of spent most of the time feeling like, okay, <laughs> like, well, so let's there, just... There are certain plot lines I feel that way about. Yeah. Um, like, I think this could have benefited from a trim... Um, yes. Cutting and Bernadette, poor, poor Bernadette is that they did trim it some cause you don't get a lot about Bernadette yeah. in this, which is fu- kind of funny. Yeah. Bern- like, Bernadette kind of gets the, gets the short shrift. Yeah. I mean, but mainly have- I like, I just want, like, I just want the adventures of Allegra. Like, give me that. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the movie. See, I whereas I hate Allegra, especially oh. in the book in, in the, in the movie, she's really, how do I say this? Like, I, I think she's underdeveloped. I think that she could use some more development because in the book, her development is literally, I'm a thrill seeking lesbian and that's all I do. Like, that's it. There's nothing to me. There's nothing more to her character. At least in this, they give her kind of the handicraft. Like mm-hmm. the book mentions that in passing, but I never really saw it as a thing. Well, to me, because like the book that the book that Allegra picks is sense and sensibility. Yes. And so, like, I don't know, like, I, I see her as a bit of a Marianne in that respect. Yes. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, and yeah. so, like, she, she's just, you know, that, that generous spirit and, and a little bit foolhardy. And it's so, like, so, yeah, like, to me, like, that kind of translates into a, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, for good Lord's sake, like we, we, ha- we see her with two girlfriends in this movie mm-hmm. and both like both of them she met because she was being reckless and, yeah. you know, yeah. like the first one, the first one was skydiving. She, she, when she landed on the ground, she, she took, like, she took a tumble and broke her arm. Wrist, yeah. yeah. Broke her wrist and, um, and picks up a girl, Corinne, <laughs> who was, who was there. It was the, a piece of work. Oh Yeah. And then, and then later, she falls doing some indoor rock climbing mm-hmm. and gets some kind of head injury where they want to keep her for a couple of days. Has, I think she has a concussion. Yeah, she has a concussion. They're going to keep her for a couple of days. In the book, it's actually a little bit like, yeah, more yeah, dangerous. Yeah. And, and she ends up afterwards, like, dating her doctor. <laughs> yeah. So it's like... Like, I don't know. Like, it made sense to me. In the I, book, she gets back with Corinne. And that bothers me. Oh, fuck me. that bitch. Yeah. At the end, by the end of the book, three of the characters, th- yeah, three of the characters are back in the situations they were in at the beginning of the book. Because Sylvia and Daniel get back together. together. Uh, I mean, Jocelyn and Greg are dating, so that's different. Yeah. Um, except for she's having to control everything, so. And Bernadette gets married. 
But uh, and pretty, pretty is back and in pretty is back in her marriage with Dean. I don't know how she feels about it in the book. And uh, and then Allegra is not even at the last meeting. The la- not the last meeting, but they do mm-hmm. like a an afterward dinner yeah. thing, like a few months later. And Allegra's not there because she's moved back to San Francisco to be with Corinne. Because at the beginning of the book, she's broken up with Corinne. At the end of the book, she gets back together with Corinne. Uh, yeah, I dislike that intensely. Yes. Because I do too. of everything that happened. And she does never tell them what happened with Dr. Yip. Because that's her story. She's never even going to tell Corinne. That's just her story to have. Well, she shouldn't fucking tell anything to Corinne. Corinne should not get the girl at the end. No. That's what bothers me. So I think like that, I won't lie, I think that tempers my, my Allegra. Because I do like Allegra in the movie a lot. And I like what happens with her and how everything winds up. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's overshadowed by all the other things going on. Yes. Because she is the youngest and she has this joie de vivre that she doesn't have to worry about <laughs> yes. right now. So, yeah. Anyway. But, yeah, she fell for a Willoughby and wound up with a Colonel Brandon. Well, I guess. We don't know well, that Dr. Yip to say that. But no, we don't know anything. At least she's a doctor. Yeah, we don't know anything about Dr. Yip. And, um, and, and in the sort of, like, epilogue where they're at, you know, the, the, the dinner a year later, everybody else is paired off. She's not she's like not. she. She's there with nobody. There's an open chair next yeah. to her. Yeah, but uh, so the movie to actually talk about the movie some. Yeah, the beginning is super weird. I find the beginning. I hated it. I didn't understand it. Like, don't get me wrong. I like put some new shoes on, and I'm happy to hear that song. But it just seemed so like the world is crazy. We need Jane Austen, and I'm like that. But yet that message is not. Revert like it doesn't reverberate no, completely. No, because it, it's we get like a three minute montage. Oh of, my god, it takes forever. Oh my god, I thought it was never gonna end. I know. <laughs> oh, right we get like you. a three minute montage of like technology being the bane of the world's existence. You know, like people like not catching elevators, or mm-hmm. you know, like people like gas pumps not working, not being able to take the ticket at the toll booth, and you know, cell phone reception being like not being ideal and we see like multiple shots of like everybody and their freaking child on a cell phone and it's like we get it it's like yeah and and this was from like 2007 yeah so like like the iphone hadn't come out at that point yeah like good lord um it's insane yeah and yeah and so it's basically what it is is like it's setting up that that the world is like it's setting up that the world is full of of noise and distractions mm-hmm. and and things that that things that distract us from what's important um is basically like what it's telling us and and so yeah, the I remedy re- the, the remedy to this is Jane Austen which is it, yeah well i i would give yeah. the ghost of far as like the remedy is yes, Jane Austen, but also the remedy is like close, like connection, quiet, connection with friends, and then and like you know that's part of what like what uh, Daniel says to says to Allegra yeah. because after we get all of yeah. all of this mayhem, the, uh, Daniel and Sylvia and Allegra and. Uh, Bernie. If I call her Birdie, I apologize. I have a coworker named Birdie, <laughs> so <laughs> I might slip up. Um, 
But, like, they're all getting out of the car at, like, a cemetery, and Daniel is just basically like, oh, my God, this, this is, is ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. And and that's when you find out that they're having a big, like, state funeral for Jocelyn's dog. Prudy. Or Pridey. 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 Pridey is the character. Yes. I was using. Yeah. Pridey. Not confusing at all. Yeah. And so, you know, after, like, they have their funeral, like, they go back to Jocelyn's house for, like, for the reception. And, and Daniel, Daniel kind of makes, he makes the remark of, um, do you think that if Jocelyn was married with kids, she'd be holding a state funeral for a dog? And, and Allegra jumps in and says, you know, I find that personally offensive, dad. You know, I may never be married or a mother. You know, yes, some gay women get a version of that, but we don't all need the same things. You know, and that's what he says. Like, you know, like human beings need connection with other human beings mm-hmm. and you know like you know <laughs> like conversation you know connection you know these like all of these things you know that that you know that people need in their lives is like you don't get that from a dog basically and Lager's yeah. like well maybe jocelyn does yeah and and you know kind of tries to because um, everybody is kind of sticking up for Jocelyn a little bit, except for D- Daniel. Daniel doesn't want to be there anyway. Daniel's yeah. a, a known test at the time, but Daniel's got a hot date probably waiting for him. He just says that he has to get back to work. Yeah, which but he works with Pam, doesn't he? That I don't remember. Probably. Um, but we get a little bit of like Bernie suggesting that... You know, some sort of like we should do a class yeah, or something to take Jocelyn's mind off everything. But yeah, like you know, like uh, like like let's learn Portuguese or blah blah blah. You know, something to like just to take Jocelyn out of herself. Yeah, and Sylvia is like, I don't know if I have time in my week. She's a librarian at uh, the Sacramento or the California State Library in yeah, Sacramento. And and to me, that's like I just don't have time. Like I, like she's got her daughter, she's got her husband. She just doesn't have time. She's like, I want to, but we have to. You're right. You're right. We have to be there for yeah. her. Uh, and then we go to Prudy at school, and yeah, Prudy is eyeing who's Prudy eyeing her boy. right back. Yeah, yeah. Trey. Um, and like the thing, like the thing to know about Prudy is that she is an uber francophile. Yes. Like, she wears very sort of, like, French, like, French couture kind of, Mm -hmm. like, very tailored dresses. Like, has her hair in a short, very sleek French bob. Such a weird hairstyle for Emily Blunt. Yes. I'm not used to it, like, at all. Um, And she, like, she, like, because it's the European custom, she wears her wedding ring on her right ring finger instead of her Her left. left. Yeah. Um... You know, like she's always dropping French into conversations, yeah, and and everything, and so she's at a bookstore picking mm-hmm. up books on Paris because Dean has a work trip to Paris. They were going to fly in business class, but they were going to you know downgrade the ticket so that they get two and blah blah blah. And Pretty and, can go along, yeah. And so Pretty can go, and and then that's when we find out. Well, that of course, the cash register is Trey. Yes. Trey and is she's cashier. so nervous around him. She actually tells him this whole like spiel. Yes. Cause she just gets nervous around him. Cause he's, he is a little leery for a, like he leers at her for he an has, 18, 17, 18 year old boy. He has this like, Leer. He, 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 it's not just a leer. It's that that, is super inappropriate. And she should smack him. Not actually smack him, but verbally okay, smack him. <laughs> There's some, like, I, I couldn't shake this idea of, like, 
it's not just that like he leers and and like to be fair like you know it's not like it's not like you know he like he's walking around like with you know like a boombox playing the police i'll be watching you yeah. kind of creepy and like leery they're just both always looking at each other yes so weird. it's but he has and it's probably because he's a very like he's an you know a a traditionally attractive white guy there's something about it he has this sort of james dean intensity to like to the looks that he's giving her it's not just that like he's looking at her it's like he's smoldering mm, that's fair and so like that that was something like i couldn't get past was like i was like okay like i get it um see okay this is so weird i think prudy in the movie in, in the I keep, I'm not going to not keep using the book, but book pretty, because I'm using the mindset, because I think she has a similar mindset. Mm-hmm. She's very much about the feeling of the, like, the feeling mm-hmm. of something and, like, the dream of something versus the reality of something, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. In the, in the movie, it's more, to me, like, she feels like Dean doesn't really see her, and this boy is looking at her and mm-hmm. sees her, and not only sees her, but is willing to talk to her about... Yeah. things and he, he flirts with her and and we don't really see dean do that well but we don't see it not that i know happen but no what i was going to say is in dean's defense is that you know when he tells her that the parish trip is off um and that like the parish trip is off like because it was given to somebody else because dean's boss specifically asked him to take like a very important client to like in like to an NBA playoffs game to the NBA playoffs yeah, yeah to an NBA playoffs game instead not just a game to the NBA playoffs yes <laughs> yeah yeah it's like to take him to the NBA playoffs yeah and, like, and that it's it's something very important to like not just like to mm-hmm. the way that he explains it is like it it feels like it's of some importance and she takes it as you traded Paris for a basketball game. Well, to her defense, (laughs) I feel like it's really convenient that he could have said something. He could have spoken and said something because basketball is his, clearly his thing. He always has a game on. He's always staring at it. Like it's in so much that it interrupts the conversation they are having of him telling her, I'm sorry, we're not going to go to Paris Yeah, to go, Oh man, look at that. Can you believe that thing is happening on the game? Uh." And I'm like, no, 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 sir. No, you are talking to me right now. That TV does not need to, that that game is not a thing. It's like, and I get that. And I think that's where she's coming from. Yes. No, and I'm I'm not, I'm not disputing that. It's like the point that I was trying to make was, is that, during all of this, and he's trying to make the point to her that, like, look, that this was something important, and she takes it as, you traded Paris for a basketball game, mm-hmm. so she just picks up her stuff, like, gives him an icy cold shoulder, and walks out, and he tries to, he's basically like, wait, where you go, like, he did like he doesn't want her to leave and like he just all of a sudden knows that she is very 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 angry at him but is not going to tell him why and he doesn't and, understand why and exactly and like that's what he says is yeah. like that's what i was getting to is he just kind of mumbles to the um like he just kind of mumbles to the bartender he's like i'm always doing something wrong i have no idea what i did i genuinely don't know like i just don't understand but See, and this it, is also a problem with Dean in the movie. I think he should, uh, D- Dean, what, the, okay, I, I, he should have gone after her 
at that moment. Okay, I yes, think. I will agree. He should have gone after her, but I have so many more problems because... Oh, yeah, Brady has way more issues. No, no, it's not just that. It's The way that this movie sets it up is that the entire movie centers around these five women and Greg. Mm-hmm. Like, we never see Daniel, like, living his life once he's out of Sylvia's. Like, we don't see anything with Dean unless he is, like, unless Prudy is pissed off at him. And and so we never get to see anything in Dean's defense. We are just expected to believe that that he's, that he is, like, this, this basketball oaf mm-hmm. who is, like, this basketball, like, this, this basketball dunce who is there... Like because like they're married for some reason, God knows why, and now she now she's stuck with him, and like like that they're stuck in this marriage, and like she just she the way that it comes off is like she fucking hates him a lot of times. See, I didn't get that vibe. Oh my god, it's that's like, not the vibe I got at all. Like there are so many times in this movie, and like particularly when like her mother's funeral and like they're back in the hotel it's like i like she fucking hates his guts in that moment see i don't agree with you i, I disagree with you like the, the I see way you're from, the way that the, for me like scene is like there are times like she it just seems like she because like that line of like i'm always doing something wrong i don't know what but i'm always doing something wrong and and t- and, like, I know I'm taking this, like, I'm taking it more personally than I probably should be. But, like, you learn, like, through a conversation that Prudy is having with Trey, that, like, her mom just straight up gaslit her as a child. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, it's like, it feels like that that's almost, like, what she does to Dean. And as a person who experienced that, I take a lot of umbrage with mm-hmm. seeing, like, seeing this character do this. And, and I know, like, cycles of abuse repeat themselves. Mm-hmm. It happens. But I, like, I feel, like, I know, like, he's not a character who's really supposed to get a lot of screen time in this movie. But, like, I feel much more sympathetic to Dean. Like, I, I feel more about, like, the little bit that we get of him than I care anything about Prudy in this movie. See, I, I actually think... Where my disagreement that comes in, I think we actually do see scenes of Dean being a great husband and a great person. Yeah, and like it's not just like like we we start seeing the Prudy is dissatisfied with herself, and so she needs a second chance as much as Dean does. I think by the end of the movie, the by the time like they they get to the like her mother has died, like she's going off the rails. Mm -hmm. They're at the library dinner, and Dean comes along. And it's like Prudy is like she bristles every time that he talks. It's like to be fair, they did just get into a fight in the car. I've been that. I've been yes. that wife. I have been that wife, and but, I've been that child. And yeah, no, we, we yeah, but we because we don't see what the fight was about in the car. Yeah, and like every fight that they've had, it's ended. Like every fight that we've seen, like it ends with with them. Like, with her being just, like, so angry, it looks like she's trying to kill him with her brain. <laughs> and and so, like, so they have this fight in the car. We don't know what it's about, but, like, now that they're in the, now that they're in the library, it's, like, it, like, if he gets more than, like, like, if he gets more than, like, six inches, like, like, if he gets too close to her, it's, like, she just immediately just, like, straightens up and, like, steps away from him. I've done that. And. No lie. And like, and I know that, and I'm like, I like, I know married people who are unhappy. It's just this time watching this movie, uh-huh. I'm like, 
lady, I can't take you. Like I get that. It's because I think, I think it's because like I know these people. Yeah, I understand. And I, I see. I just took it. I took it slightly differently than you. That's all. And, and yeah. I don't have the same experiences, and so that's why I take it differently. Because for me, that scene, uh, the scene where she loses it with Dean in the hotel room after the funeral. That scene to me is way more about how guilty she feels for what's happening with Trey. Cause she is, she doesn't think what she's doing with Trey is right. Everything yeah. in every time she has an interaction with Trey, it ends with her looking, I looking genuinely, not genuinely. That's the wrong word. Looking not discomforted, but, but like almost sick with herself. Like she knows what she's yeah, doing with Trey and, is wrong. And the thing the thing that gets under my skin mm-hmm. is that when she has these moments, it always turns into like, it backfires oh, yeah. into like her being angry at Dean. Yes. Like that, that what she is doing is somehow all Dean's fault is yes. the, is the way that it plays. And, and I think the other, the other thing is it's a lack of communication between the two. Yes. And so that's why it's so important at the end of the movie, when she says, read this book, I want to communicate with you what I love. I want to yeah. like, well, I'm going to work now. Are you going to work with me? And he works with her because that's all yeah. he's wanted for most of the movie is to understand her. And so she's giving him a guidebook to understanding her. Yeah. It's, like the entire movie, it just feels like to me that Dean is like trying to build a bridge and she keeps torching it from the other side. Yeah. I think that's fair. <laughs> I think that's fair. Um, so yeah, that's kind of their storyline plot thing. And then you have Jocelyn. I think it might be easier to just talk about as everybody's storyline individually. And then probably we want to, we can talk about anything else, but like, so Daniel, the next thing that really happens is Daniel leaves Sylvia at the restaurant. Yes. And Sylvia is Amy Brenneman, who I love. I, yeah. Like, you do, do you know how much it pains me that Judging Amy is not available on streaming anymore? I want to watch it again. I used to watch it when I was Like, younger. I am this close to buying, every, like, buying, like, DVDs if I can. But Daniel, and they, they, they bring this up. I'm going to use the book because they bring it up in the book, and I think it's true of the movie. They're in a nice restaurant. Yes. A, like, you have to have reservations for this place restaurant. Mm-hmm. Which means, according to Sylvia, in, in, once again, in the book, but I think it's apropos of the movie, he had to plan, the like, plan for weeks. Mm-hmm. Because it took, like, a couple of weeks to these reservations. So he had to plan for weeks this breakup. And then, oh, man, it just makes mm-hmm. me really angry at <laughs> him. In the yeah, in the movie, it's basically like they're they're having dinner. Daniel ends up admitting to Sylvia is like that I've been that he's been seeing a woman at work for the last six months, and I didn't get down like the entire conversation, but a couple like a couple of things that he says to her is like that you know they've been they've been together for you know for over twenty years, and you know they've got three kids, and you know things you know, things were good. And it's like, so there's a logic to us quitting while we're ahead. Yeah. It's not like we lost. We yeah. Like we haven't lost anything. I wanted to knee him. Oh, I know. Boy. But the, the thing that gets me is that when like he tells Sylvia, he's like, you know, like I've been dating this woman, you know, Pam and she's getting insistent about things. And he says, but I'm not going to give her up. That's non-negotiable. Yeah. It's like, it's not fair to her. I, I want to do right by her. And you're just like, what about the woman you said the yeah. vows to, dude? Yeah. Because, like, they were married. They were married right out of high school. Yeah. And so, like, they've, like, you're just like, dude, I, you're you're a jerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, to do it this way is not appropriate. You did it, he did it in a public place, so she couldn't make a large scene. Like, that's just, I mean, it's one-on-one for breaking up with someone, but no. Yeah. Like, you should not, that's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't even allowed to feel what she could wanted to feel at that moment because they were in public. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I love when she gets her stuff out of the car and closes the door. She's not even getting in the car with him. It's not happening. Yeah. Um, and then, like, Allegra moves back home to be with her mom. Yeah. Because she doesn't want her mom alone right now. And then we, that's when Jocelyn meets Greg. Greg, sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, and also during here we have, uh, there's a Jane Austen film, yeah, fest- yeah, I was actually film festival happening. And, and that's where... Bernie or Bernadette meets, meets Prudy. Meets Prudy. Which, for the record, they are completely right about the Mansfield Park. It, it completely mixes up Fanny and Jane Austen, and it's inexcusable. Anyway, mm-hmm. side note: had to say it. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, and so, so, yeah. And basically, like Prudy, like has a breakdown. Um and and Bernadette just basically was like, oh honey, you're coming with me <laughs> under my wing. Here we go. Let's yes, go. yeah. And and it's like at this point because we do end up meeting Prudy's mother and like seeing yeah. what a like Lynn Redgrave, Lynn Redgrave, yeah. Um, seeing what a train wreck of a woman yeah. she is, and it's like from the get go we start seeing it like Bernie, like Bernadette is like is kind of stepping in to be a little bit of like the mother that Prudy needed, yeah. And, uh, and so they decide, you know, Bernadette starts talking mm-hmm. to Prudy about this book, like, a book uh, thing. Like, yeah, hold on. Like, the whole, like, the way that they all know each other, like, yes. the, the way that this all comes together is that, um, is that Bernie explains that she's been married six times and that now she's kind of feeling like she wants to go for a seventh. Um, and that one of her husbands was Jocelyn's godfather. Mm-hmm. Who and, was the wealthy producer. Yes, who was a wealthy producer. So yeah, one one of her husbands was Jocelyn's godfather, so that's how she met Jocelyn. And Jocelyn got Sylvia and Daniel together in high school. And so and mm-hmm. so that's how... And also, like, later you find out that, like, um, Jocelyn dated Daniel. Daniel got Jocelyn her first dog. And then ended up, like, he ended up with Sylvia. Because of Jocelyn. Because like, Jocelyn's of Jocelyn. like, you two belong together, kind of. Yeah, because of Jocelyn, they end up, yeah. Sylvia and Daniel end up together. And so, you know, that, and then, like, with, you know, Allegra being Sylvia and Daniel's daughter, yeah. like, that's how they know each other. And so now, Bernadette is bringing Prudy, Pru- Prudy into this circle. Um, and that's when, like, along the way... Uh, they need a sixth person. Yeah, they. Yeah, the idea is uh, six books, six people, each each one responsible for a book. Um, and so this is all Jane Austen all the time. It's the perfect antidote to what to life. And I was like, that's okay. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy Jane Austen, but that's a lot of Jane Austen. Yeah. But um, um, then the the scene I was going to talk about, I just have a quote from it because it makes me so happy. It's Jocelyn, Allegra, and Sylvia in Sylvia's bedroom. Mm-hmm. Kind of helping her deal. Yeah. And Jocelyn goes, do you think he has a brain tumor? I think he fell in love. Well, personally, I'm rooting for the, the brain, brain tumor. tumor. I That line, that is a good yeah. line in this movie. Yeah. Because she's known Daniel as long as Sylvia has. Mm-hmm. So, like, she's losing this friendship that she's had yeah. for this time, too. But also, it's, but yeah. it's also during this, I didn't take very many notes during this, during this bit. Mm-hmm. Uh but well, it's the, to me like the most relevant piece of information that we find out is that during all during this bit is that Jocelyn's never been in love. Yep, Jocelyn says she's never been in love. Yeah, but anyway, so then she yeah, meets, she that's meets, when she meets, meets Greg, Greg, all that kind of stuff. Talk about. Um, 
I said um, Greg is my spirit animal for immediately beginning to suggest books that she might like. Because, mm-hmm. like, I, I, this is going to sound really weird. The way it happens in the book is actually cooler in, mm-hmm. in some ways. Because she's sitting with some other breeder friends, and they are looking down their nose at the sci-fi readers, and, oh, how, da, 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 how droll, and mocking them. And she already met Greg previously. Like, the elevator scene happened exactly the same. But this other guy was being really nice and kind of trying to chat Jocelyn up. And Jocelyn was being nice to him. Like, her friends weren't. Yeah. Not friends. The other breeders were not. And so she she was like, of course I read sci-fi. Uh, and he goes, well, who do you read? And she's like, uh... And you hear... And Greg hears the conversation. He goes, you just told me you read that Le Guin, right? And she's like, yeah, that's, that's the one. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and so... And then the other two people are with her are kind of like, you read those? And she's like, and they kind of like, she gets up to go to the bathroom or something. When she comes back, they have shooed Greg and this other guy off. So she is super offended on Greg's behalf because she's like, that's not okay. So I like the fact that she's not as much of a snob in the book. Whereas in the movie, it's like, hey, you're attractive. My friend needs an ego boost. I'm going for you. Yeah. Um, But but yeah, so then we have the first meeting of the club. Yeah, the first meeting to, like, kind of discuss who's going to do what book. Prudy and Allegra. Oh, my God. Like, the animosity between Prudy and Allegra at the beginning is so good. Yes. And it morphs into something more by the end. Yeah, it really cool. does. And the there's a, there's a line that I love because it's, they've left Prudy at, they've left Prudy at a table to, like, kind of save spots See, for them. And, uh, and Allegra has just come in and, uh. And Jocelyn and Bernadette are, like, getting coffee. And I can't remember what leads into it, but, like, it's... Jocelyn is saying something about... He's like, well, like, you know, blah, blah, something about Daniel. And it's like, surely he's read Jane Austen. And Bernadette's reply is, no man who's ever read Jane Austen dumps his wife because it's better for the other woman. Yeah. Then we get into them kind of, like, divvying up the books. I love how Jocelyn and Bernadette play dead mother. Yes. Like, they stop anybody from getting into a fight by cutting off people as they yes. need to, like, um, without hesitation. <laughs> yeah, I I do. I also have the one, like, that I absolutely loved. Um, they're, like, you know, they're all kind of, like, recommending, you know, books and, like, who's going to take what. And, um, and, like, this is right before Grig arrives. Allegra... It's talking about how she, you know, she thinks she wants to do, like, Sense and Sensibility, you know, because she's just seen the movie and all this, and, like, Prudy has some snide remarks about that. Yep. Because um, <laughs> Prudy knows more than everyone. Yeah, and then something about Northanger Abbey comes up, and and uh, Allegra's response is, oh, not Northanger Abbey. First, you're going off on all these dances, and then suddenly it's Nightmare on Northanger Abbey Street. It's like, it's so true. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Greg shows up <laughs> with the giant all-in-one copy because he thought they might all be sequels. So he wanted to have it to refer back yes. if he needed to. That is adorable. Which, I was looking at the trivia. I don't yeah. know if you did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, th- that... Actually, I think you told me about it. Yeah, that, about it. um, that actual, uh, book that he's carrying around, because for some reason, like, the, the production company couldn't, like, like, it wasn't part of the budget or whatever. Like, they couldn't afford, like a Jane Austen, like all the books in one kind mm-hmm. of thing. And so they took a collect like complete works of William Shakespeare and just reskinned it. And, um, and so Hugh Nancy was saying that like, like, dur- over, like he would just like sit and read it during, um, you know, like while they were shooting is like, he made his way through like the histories and the comedies <laughs> or something like that. Which is great. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Like, I just, I loved that little detail. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, he, he thought, you know, it's like, oh, he thought there might be sequels, and it's like, oh, wait, we're gonna go with Emma. Oh, starting in the middle. Okay. They're not sequels. <laughs> and, and he has to, oh, okay, well, that's great. We can just start wherever we want. Like, he is such a puppy, and I love it. He, and you find out he had three older sisters, so mm-hmm. he is totally cool with women. He has no, like, yeah. hang-ups about girls when it comes to, like, being told what to do and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I love that aspect. It's like, he's nice. He likes women. Isn't that great? Like, you don't meet yeah. guys like that anymore. And, um, the, uh, this is where, like, when everybody's kind of filtering out yeah. later, uh, Bernadette and Jocelyn are talking, and that's, you know, Jocelyn says, you know, that she thought that Grig would be a good distraction for, for Sylvia. Yeah. Which, I'm like, you've, like, been separated from your husband for, like, a month. Like, let's yeah. give it some breathing room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. But because, um, because Daniel has already moved on, it feels like to win the game. Like, to, to win the breakup? Yeah. Yeah, she's got to move on with someone younger and hotter. Because Daniel didn't even leave her for someone younger. He didn't have the decency to leave her for someone younger. Yeah. Yeah. He left her for a woman in her 40s. Yeah. And and that's just... Yeah. <laughs> difficult. And, uh, but yeah, so and Greg luckily wants to do Northanger Abbey, so that's great. That works out. Yeah. So everybody has their novel assigned to them. And they're going to start with Emma at Jocelyn's place. Mm-hmm. And so then we start with the, the little March like cover for the for the thing. It goes into February. Uh, February. Yeah, Sorry, the book into, starts in March. Yeah. Confusion it goes, on my part. It goes into February, and they're going to start on Emma. Yeah. Um, And <laughs> during that time is when... Uh, Sylvia is coming out of the Whole Foods market. Yep, runs into <laughs> Daniel and Pam. Jimmy Smith's playing awkward is so funny because I like Jimmy Smith, but you don't see him play that character no. ever. <laughs> so that like awkward actually set the car alarm off. Yeah, I'm, he, like, I'm really sorry. We won't ever shop here again. This is your store. We'll never yeah, be here again. I'm so sorry. Yeah, this this is your Whole Foods now. Like it's like I just love like he sees her and immediately is like like oh we we rarely like we're never on this side of town and like it's just sort of a fluke that they stopped at this one. Yeah. Grocery but, store. but like the way he clearly feels bad for, yes. ever, for the way everything has gone down made me happy because like, yeah. later on you find out that i think the kids kind of all took mom's side like yeah not completely but allegra definitely did oh, no, but, they, the, the boys have called from school but <laughs> oh well it was yeah because there's there's something later on yeah like when daniel shows up to and like is still, i just it's talking to this, like he's saying something about you know he's like the boys like that he hasn't really talked to the, or like the boys won't really talk to him and she goes, yeah, well, they're ashamed of their father. Yeah. You know? So, so I love that, um, that in that respect, because to me, the, his reaction is also Allegra has called him and, and read him a blue streak up one side and down the other for what he has done to mom. Yeah. So he feels horrible and they do have, you know, 30 years or 20 something years mm-hmm. of being together. So we start the first meeting Yeah, I love that Greg is already there helping feed the dogs. Like mm-hmm. he immediately just takes to helping because Three older sisters, man. He knows. He yeah. just does what he's supposed to do. And, like, he brings her copies of Ursula Le Guin books that he's recommended to her and that he thinks that she would like, and, like, if she would just give them a chance. And like, her her response is just, oh, yeah, okay. Um, You know you don't have to bring a hostess gift to every one of these, right? And then just kind of, like, freezes See, away. See, this is where she is, Emma. I will give that. I will give. Mm-hmm. She is probably the closest corollary in the in this book. Yes. Emma in the in her books is so oblivious to Knightley's love for her, mm-hmm. and Jocelyn is so oblivious to, to everything that Greg is putting down. To poor Greg, <laughs> like Greg is such a sweetie. But yeah, um, so but yeah, a, a couple of the things that um, 
that they, um, that I, I didn't like really write down who said what, but just some of the things like they bring up there during the discussion is that, um, I'm pretty sure it's Prudy who says, who says that, that, um, what we're meant to see is not the lack of passion so much as the control of it and not giving in. Yeah. And, and then also the, um, well, that's not Jane's, that's not Jane's uh, theme, is it? Yeah. And they're like, Jane, like they, they are kind of mawkish of Prudy too, because Prudy treats them, treats everything Prudy like is, she is better than it. Prudy is so fucking uptight. Well, and she's so up on herself in a lot. Well, yeah. I think it's a, I mean, it's clearly a cover because she's not. Yeah. But she wants to seem like she knows all this stuff and is this mm-hmm. scholarly person. Like she randomly speaks in French in the meeting and it just annoys everyone. Like yeah. that's all it does is annoy everyone. But yeah, uh, the Austin's all about keeping it zipped like that. Yeah. That, that line always cracks me up. Yeah. Well, and uh, somebody also says that, you know, Emma acts on the basis of her fantasies, mm-hmm. which as much as Jocelyn is Emma, mm-hmm. like it also feels like some of the stuff that like they talk about, like in their discussion is like directed at Prudy. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's definitely, especially like, that, yeah, especially that line of, you know, is not the lack of passion so much as the control and not giving in. I'm like, this is, this is still at the point when like she and Trey are just still making eyes at one another. Yeah. Well, and she also, they also make the comment of, uh, it's Jocelyn who says it, a pretty, uh, a pretty sophisticated girl getting, getting humbled or something to that effect. It's a great plot. It's the best plot ever mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then she kind of looks at Allegra and Prudy cause they are both being a bit uppity. Yeah. Cause Allegra can be that way too. Like absolutely. Allegra can get that, that be in her bonnet that I want to be, you know, and sometimes in English class, you had that person who made the weirdest anal- analysis just to be the weird person and the, the, just to get attention. Mm-hmm. I feel like Allegra does that sometimes. Sorry. Not, not all the time. You, you described that, and, like, I had about, like, 14 people pop into my <laughs> right? head. Right, yeah. And so I was trying to cull the herd. And and so I feel like Allegra can be that way sometimes. And so Jocelyn sees that because she has known Allegra her whole life. <laughs> so she's like, no, girl, I see what you're doing. No. <laughs> no, see, I take it more as that. I mean, they were clearly talking about Prudy mostly. Yeah. But... No, I, I take it more as that Allegra is the one who, like, she... <laughs> For lack of a better way of putting it, she's more of like the pot stirrer. She she's the yeah. egger on. She's like, I'm gonna throw this this uh, smoke bomb in the room just to see what happens when I'm done. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, absolutely. But the the way that her, that her response to Jocelyn saying the pretty hardball goes, and she's like, All right, I see what you're saying. Like she yeah. gives that like a kind of head nod. Yeah, cracks me up. Um, but yeah, from there I have, um, I love that Greg doesn't freak out over a crying woman because yeah. in the middle of it. Sylvia has a moment like she kind of breaks down because she they're talking about how Jocelyn is an Emma and she would pair the world up if she could. And she's like, well, she put me with Daniel. And then it's like, she forgot for a second yeah, that Daniel she, wasn't. Yeah. And so she rushes out and then, you know, Allegra rushes after her and Bernadette rushes after her. And then finally Jocelyn rushes after her. And then it, it's just down to, to Greg and Prudy. And they don't, they are so awkward around each other. So funny. Um, yeah. Um, from here, I have Trey asking to run lines. Well, because Dean left and actually did call her mother, which is something Prudy didn't want. Yeah. Prudy absolutely did not want want her mother to come stay. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, this is something that I was going to mention earlier and forgot. So, Mark Lucas plays Dean. Yes. He he was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, for those mm-hmm. of you who don't know. So, I find it hilarious how many Buffy references are in the book. 
And, like, in the book, he also watches Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is hilarious. But, like, even the movie makes Buffy references. I just thought that was really funny. To make a Buffy reference with Mark Blucas in your movie, and he's one of the most reviled characters on Buffy. Yeah. I thought that was kind of... Anyway, that was... I had that note there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Dean has gone... Dean's gone on his his trip. Yeah, on his uh, basketball trip. Prudy's mom, Skye, who is... Like an old hippie, she's basically she's not just a hippie. She's she's like the worst hippie. If that makes any sense. Like she's the the what you would think of as like the bad version. She, like she's so she scatterbrained. Is, she is like Frankie Bergstein from Grace and Frankie. Mm-hmm. Like she's Frankie with a little dash of whatever happened to Baby Jane thrown in. Yeah, she's so rude and doesn't care about her daughter really like she says she does but as we learned with some of the stuff with the gaslighting stuff that pretty dealt with as a kid her mom doesn't her mom is there but her mom cares in her own way maybe i hate even saying that way because i hate it but like lights up a a, lights up a joint in front of a cop and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and pretty just like mom you can't do that here mom you can't do that mom 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 yeah and her mom is just ignoring her and doing what her mom wants to do she lives in her own bubble and if you can't live there with her then she's not she's Mm -hmm. not going to deal with what you want her to do and it's like i've i've that's the moment i feel for pretty Mm -hmm. that moment she's trying to get her mom to buckle up the damn car seat mom won't even buckle her own her own seatbelts yeah like, it's just like, come on, lady. And then, she, yes, like you said, she doesn't ever pick her up, so she goes to the Brigadoon rehearsals. Yeah. Or Trey asks her to run lines in a weirdly intimate scene yeah. for and being in front of everyone in the school. Yeah, the, the sort of important takeaways of this conversation is that Trey is familiar with the works of Jane Austen, mm-hmm. which is... Ooh, delayed so, gratification. I wanted to yeah. slap him. Uh-huh. Like physically, I just wanted yeah. to kick him somehow. Um, but yeah, he's he's familiar with the works of Austin, which so now that that's a point for him. Yes. In favor of Redeem. In yes. And um like I ha- like yeah, then there's this weird thing like like he's like starts like playing with her knee. I just wrote Trey's ew. Yeah. Um, uh, but then it's, and, it's Mansfield Park time. Yeah, well, it's simple. Like they're yeah, because they're talking about Mansfield Park, mm-hmm. and um, and and Prudy starts kind of talking about talking to Trey about the book about because in the book they put on a play. Yeah, because in the and I love that she has the line of like um you know like the point is like the point of the story is that all that play acting is dangerous yes and that is and actually like, a really big point yeah i'm like I'm like listen to your own goddamn words lady she's yeah it's so so stressful like she stresses me out i can't yes but so then we go back to um yeah here i wrote daniel instead of grig that's really confusing <laughs> daniel is super into jocelyn no, and Grig. Sorry, Grig is super into Jocelyn. I said I wrote the wrong name. Yeah. Super into Jocelyn, and Jocelyn is really blind to it. And then Grig thinks Jocelyn is pushing him toward Allegra because he doesn't know Allegra's it, a lesbian. Yeah, it's like I, I have my note was um, Jocelyn tells Grig to take Sylvia to lunch, but he thinks that she's pushing him toward Allegra. Because it doesn't occur to him she would, if she thinks she's inappropriate age wise, why would she push him toward Sylvia? Yeah. That just doesn't. Plus, he sees Sylvia is still in love with Daniel. Yes. Like he, he is very observant. To that kind of stuff. Um, 
And then marry the uh, weak link and you're screwed <laughs> talking about the, the Mansfield park. If you marry the weak link. Yeah. Screwed. You marry the weak link. You're screwed. It, like, like we finally reached the point where she is, where Sylvia where is now Sylvia, angry yeah. at Daniel. And I love that. Like that, um, that whole conversation just makes me super happy. I, I loved that. Um, I love that. We find out that, that Bernadette knows Greg's like two of Greg's sisters. Yeah. Just randomly. So like, yeah, our, like, our world is an English village. Yeah, it's like they mentioned it, and like, and I love like Allegra just kind of like Bernie knows everybody, <laughs> but um, uh, Pretty doesn't. I don't know if she even ends up making it to the meeting because her mother almost burns her house down. Pretty's mother, she comes in, she's getting ready to go out again, yeah. and there's the the stove is on, and there's smoke coming from it. The smoke alarm's going off. There's water running there, and then she looks mm-hmm. in the living room, and Mom is just sitting there with a pan on the carpet which she has now messed up yeah she's burned the carpet she burned the carpet and and like pretty's like you're going home i'm done no you're done pack your bag you're going home can't do this yeah um which i would too (laughs) yeah at um i have that like at some point during uh during the meeting for mansfield park that um greg compared yeah that's where you were going. Greg, Greg compares um, compares Edmund and Fanny to um, Luke and Leia. Yeah, it's hold on. I can't read my handwriting. Oh yeah, uh, it's like I always said, like Edmund and Fanny as being like brother and sister. It's like Empire. It's like the Empire Strikes Back in reverse. In reverse, yeah. And the judgmental stares he gets after saying that. I know. I like, was like, I'm like, I see what you're saying. I don't, I don't concur, but I see what you're saying. It's like if that gives you an in, great. Yeah, if that's how you can see it, that's perfect. Like, um, but, but they're so judgmental about because yeah. anytime, especially that first meeting, anytime Greg said anything, he was wrong. Yeah, like anytime, it didn't matter what he said, mm-hmm. he was wrong because he talked about how he thought there was a really sinister tone in Emma. Yeah, and well, that the point is, Greg, that these things aren't real. It's mostly pretty too. Who yeah. puts him in his place, which I think is hilarious and weird. But yeah, so. I, I did love that quote. And yeah. so then at the end of the meeting, he, Jocelyn's walking him kind of out and he asked her to go furniture shopping with him because he needs a couch before the group comes over for North Anger Abbey next week mm-hmm. or next month. And so he gets, I was like, you sneaky. I see mm-hmm. what you're doing. You sneaky. <laughs> Cause basically he turns going furniture shopping into lunch, into a trip to a bookstore, yeah. which as we've discussed previously is the best date ever. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yes. And that's where he explains his love of sci-fi comes from. His yes. dad and 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 yeah, like the, the whole point being that uh, Greg having three older sisters mm-hmm. it, it is like it like the entire like between my sisters and my mom's like all of their friends like we basically had like fifteen women in the house at any given time and he's like my dad you know he kind of had his own little man cave back back in the shed. And like, and he's like, so one day, like when I was about 10, you know, I went out there, it's like, and he like introduced me to these and it's like some old like sci-fi magazine. He makes it, you think he's going to go porn. You think that's where it's going. And then it's like, nope, it's sci-fi magazine. And so, yeah. And so that's like, he kind of takes Jocelyn around and is like, introducing her to his favorite authors, introducing her to like, to these authors and, and pointing out, you know, that, that uh, there were a lot of like Mm sci-fi you know, like a lot of sci-fi writers were women writing under pen names. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, they kind of have a laugh, you know, where she tells him, it's like, so even reading these, like, you were still surrounded by women. And it's like, yeah, but by then I liked them. And she kind of gets this, like, realization mode of, oh, like, I don't know if it's her attraction or his attraction. She's yeah. understanding. But the other thing he says in that scene is that I love when you talk about sci-fi books. He's like, they're the first books I fell in love with and I never got over them. Yeah. I'm like, I love that sentiment. Mm-hmm. Like, first books you ever fall in love with, you just never really get over. Exactly. Uh, I have, oh, Daniel, Daniel shows up at Sylvia's cause he's going to mow the lawn. Mm-hmm. We also have the, the secret stories with Corinne and Allegra. Um, oh, is that in here? Yeah. I didn't. That comes, that happens right before Corinne is and Allegra in bed together. And Corinne's like, tell me something you've never told anyone. Tell me a secret. And Allegra eventually complies and tells her this, this really horrible story. About of, just, of just something that Allegra did, like when, when she, she was a kid, when she was a kid, and like she was being a shitty kid. Yeah, and 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 it's important because later you find out that yes. Allegra, that Corinne is taking these stories and making them hers. Yeah, it's not that, cool. Yeah, Cor- Corinne is a writer, and she's submitting stories like for publication. Yeah, and she's like, we find out later, like three stories that she submitted were thing like were stories that Allegra had told her. Yeah. And Corinne was submitting them as if they had happened to her. Yeah. Uh, and that's then Daniel comes by to take care of the house. He wants to mow the yard and he wants to fix the, fix the, shower. the shower. And, and Sylvia's just, no, she's like, don't, don't like, come over here and try to be a husband. You're not. Yeah. Which I, I she's well within her. Yeah. Right. Like you get it. You get well, it. Yeah. Like, because by this time, is it Sylvia has Sylvia is starting to find an identity outside of her marriage. Yeah. And, and so like, she's becoming like a different person. And so, you know, she used like, used to like, she needed Daniel to be there to Mm -hmm. do these things. Like now she doesn't, she can take care of herself. And Daniel, you've realized from the other side of it, misses being in the family. He misses getting the, 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 the gossip and, and Mm -hmm. knowing what's going on with his family. And yeah, he keeps missing that. And he tells her that, and she's like, well, then you should have stayed in the family. Mm-hmm. Like, she she has no sympathy for yeah. him anymore. Because it, she, she's like, why? You literally had all this, and, and you threw it away. Yeah. You don't get to show up and mow the yard like you belong here. Like, you chose to walk out. You don't get to choose to walk back in. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that scene. And so we now we get into, yeah, into April. They're covering Northanger Abbey. This is where we find out, like, because Prudy and Trey are sitting mm-hmm. in the car and talking is where you find out that Prudy's mom gaslighted the shit out of her. Yeah. Um, and then they kiss. They kiss. And I'm just like screaming like, oh my God. And she gets out of the car because she's like, we can't do this. We can't do this. Mm-hmm. And Dean shows up literally like right after she gets out of the car to tell her her mother died. Yeah. And that, I love the shot yeah. of that happening. Because that's one of those shots for me where Dean is being a good husband. Mm-hmm. He is trying to be supportive of her. He even calls the, he's the one who calls Bernadette and tells him what's going on, yeah. tells him what's going on. And they don't know how long they're going to be out of town because pretty is just in shock. Like pretty yeah. is, is just full on like shock. She's, she's a zombie and he's, he's doing everything he can to be there for her mm-hmm. in that moment. And I love that so yeah. much. Like <laughs> I love Dean. <laughs> it's just Dean's in general, I guess I have a problem anyway. Um, but so th- I love that it, we see them all, uh, the girls all arriving at Griggs' house. Mm-hmm. He's got the whole haunted house set up. I, like, he's a man after my own heart. <laughs> I knew you'd because, love that. And I had completely forgotten that he did this. <laughs> and, and it's, 
Like with me growing up, Halloween was like my absolute favorite holiday because my dad would take like two or three days off of work leading up to Halloween so that he could trick out the house and like run like all kinds of like animatronics and like, you know, like smoke machines and dry ice and, you know, <laughs> like all this, all this kind of stuff that he used to do. And so like when when it got to this scene, I was just like, "Oh my god, I'd forgotten!" Like, <laughs> oh, it's so good to see these things again. Well, and then uh, the girls, all the women enjoy it except for Sylvia. Yes. Sylvia is Sylvia kind of panics. Like panics, she gets, yeah. yeah, she gets. She she's she's having a little bit of like a panic attack. Over I, love, like, I love I love Greg. Like, yeah, and like I absolutely love that he you know like he kind of starts like turning everything off and. And, and, and I, explains it all to her, what each thing yeah, does. I, I love the little moment of, you know, she's, you know, because she tried to just, like, bolt for the door, and it was locked, and she couldn't get out. And so now, like, you know, her friends kind of surround her and, like, you know, kind of bring her back into the room and, and do the thing that... Um, that um that our friend group did during, when they had the um hospital haunted house on campus, which was Jamie hated all things haunted house, like hated all kinds of horror stuff, but we somehow convinced her to go anyway. And because she hated it, like we just kept her like in the middle of all of us. And like, we all just like stood guard around her. So nothing could happen. And like, and that's what this little moment reminded me of, of like, you know, Bernadette and, uh, Bernadette and Allegra and, and Jocelyn all kind of like, uh, swoop in around Sylvia. And then, Greg just, you know, Greg just kind of like, he like, he just moves right in and just immediately just like pulls her into a hug, yeah. pulls her into a hug. And I like, I loved that hug so much because like, it felt so real. It felt so genuine. Yeah. And like, and just, and he's just like, I'm sorry. You know, it's, it's like, it's just lights and it's this. And, and then he, he, you know, he takes her into the other room to show, to show her his sort of like control panel, like setup and how it all works. And, and, and like, this is nothing. You should see Halloween. What I yeah. do. And, and this is also where like, you know, they have a, they have a conversation, just the two of them off in this little room. And that's where you find out that he took the time to read the mysteries of Udolpho, which is a very, very, it takes like that. That is a huge plot point in the book, uh, Northanger Abbey. Abbey. Huge, hugely important in the book Northanger Abbey. So I love that he went mm-hmm. and and then the incredulousness of her and everyone else that he read it. Yeah, because most people don't even realize it's a real novel. Yeah, because Allegra even says, "Wait, that book's real." Yeah, and so she's like, "He read Udolpho." Like all of a sudden, he is now like allowed to have an opinion on things. Yeah, and like. <laughs> For it, for Sylvia, who is who works at the state library, the fact you know yeah. he seeks out this somewhat rare, almost unheard of book to read it for their little book club. It's yeah, like you can just tell. It just all of a sudden, it's like okay, you have gone from a seven to a ten. Yeah, you know. And Jocelyn is a little bit jealous now because like he also takes the uh, the webbing off of Sylvia's boot. Yeah, and Jocelyn has a mo- like a moment of jealousy there. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, wait, but Greg's mine because because you didn't yeah. want him, so he's mine, right? Like. Like, I thought he was mine. Yeah. And, but Greg sits next to Sylvia, in between Sylvia and Allegra. Mm-hmm. And he and Sylvia are having this conversation. And then Bernadette gets off the phone and tells them about, about Prudy's mom. Mm-hmm. And she, and Sylvia leans around him to hold Allegra's hand. And, like, they just all seem so comfortable with each other. And I really mm-hmm. like 
that aspect. I forgot about yeah. Jocelyn. Because Jocelyn yeah. is like trying not to be jealous because this is all the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like he's supposed to, he, I invited him for her. So therefore this is exactly how it is supposed to be. Yeah. Protest too much. <laughs> it's ugh. cute. It's funny. Man. Um, yeah. Which like in the following scene, because we, we have kind of interspersed with some of this is like Prudy's mom's funeral mm-hmm. and kind of off it off in the distance we see Dean is talking to a like very breasty blonde woman and and Prudy is just seething. It's like mm-hmm. once again she's trying to kill him with her mind. And when they get back to the hotel, like she is just raging and crying and basically, you know, like screaming at him, you know, you wanted to sleep with her, just admit it. You know, this girl or, you know, this woman yeah. who bullied me when I was in high school and did these things and like, like, and you wanted to sleep with her, just admit it. And he's just like, I don't understand what you want from me. Yeah. Lucas nails that scene. Though. Yes. Like, cause I mean, Riley, he played Riley Finn and Riley gets a lot of crap heaped on him from the Buffyverse. Mm-hmm. Like Mark Lucas gets a lot of crap heaped on him from the Buffyverse because of Riley, which isn't fair because this scene to me shows Mark, like I, it I shows how Lucas good is Lucas incredible. is. Yeah. yeah. Riley I have issues with, but Lucas I think is great. Yeah. Like, I think he's really good in this scene. He gets this, like, lost puppy look in his eyes. Yeah. When she leaves the room, he's like, ah, like, that's still complete. Like, I don't understand what's yeah, happening. But she needs to vent how she needs to vent. And so I'm going to stand here it's and like, take it. It's, he ends up, like, he, like, it's like he just kind of gives up and just accepts the fact that he's her punching bag. Yeah, and I don't like, I hate that for yeah, him. But the look in his eyes when it happens. Yeah. You see it happen. And I think that's so brilliant. And, yeah. And granted, it, she's, the other side of the coin is she's also going through this really deep grief right now because of her relationship with her mother. And I think he sees, like, just based on everything that they, right. they are, he knows all these things. And so he's like, because he says later she's had a really rough couple of weeks. And I think, like, part of it is that aspect. Like, he knows that there's a lot going on that she's not telling him. Mm-hmm. And so until she's willing to talk to him, he's just got to stand there. Yeah. <clears throat> the, um... But yeah, dear, like I said, she just keeps going on and on and on yeah. about this woman, like, who made her life miserable yeah. and all this. And, and talking about, like, all the, like, the things that this woman did when they were in high school. Mm-hmm. And, like, and he just kind of gets exasperated. And it's like, you know, pretty, like, high school's over. And she's like, no, high school's never over. And... <laughs> Like, and in relation to the, like, to the, the intercut scenes with the rest of the book club and this whole, like, back and forth of Sylvia, Jocelyn, Greg, I'm like, okay, damn, pretty, I kind of has a point. Well, I mean, it's one of my favorite uh, Bowling for Soup songs, High School Never Ends, baby. <laughs> and, like, that's one of my favorite songs. And so I always think of them, like, to some extent, she's right. It, yeah. Like, your job, sometimes it matters who the boss likes more. It matters, like, popularity winds up becoming a big piece of that. Oh, my entire, like, my my department has, like, a set of, like, the mean girls. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's just the way that, unfortunately, it sucks, but that's a little bit of the way the world works. Yeah. And so, for him, he doesn't get that. He doesn't see that, because... And we don't know, but he's he's the jockey type. So, of course, yeah. he wouldn't see that. He is the popular guy. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So, then we have the library fundraiser. Yeah. Well, uh, Or, no, this, we have... That's right. They're, yeah, before They're, they're this, going to do Pride and Prejudice, the library fundraiser. Yeah, they're going to do Pride and Prejudice, that's the library fundraiser. But we have Grig and Sylvia have... Go out to lunch. Go out to lunch. You know, and she kind of explains to him the whole thing of... You know, Jocelyn dated Daniel, and then, uh, and then she sort of gave him to me, 
um, and everything. And, and I love this, I love this line that she has, I mean, talking about, she's like, she's like, I love Jocelyn. And, you know, she's like my best friend. It's like, but, um, she, you know, she says, if love is letting go, then whoever wants Jocelyn is going to have to pry her fingers loose one by one. And like the way his face falls, like, okay, yeah. I got a lot of work to do. Yeah. And then through the window, <laughs> Daniel sees Greg and Sylvia and it's great. Cause like that becomes a running gag that never has to be verbally addressed. Yeah. I love that that becomes a running gag mm-hmm. because she said when he stopped at the house to, to mow, she said, what if I'd had someone here? Yeah. And he goes, are you seeing someone? And so that now is in his head. So he sees her with Greg. Like, I love that that, like, because then Greg later shows up uh, at mm-hmm. the hospital with Allegra. And and once again, you get that, that, that double <laughs> yeah. take. Like, wait, whoa, whoa, what? Who's that? Yeah. I love, I love that, that running gag that starts. Um, so then, uh, that, then, uh, I, my note after that is Allegra's girlfriend yep, has been stealing her stories. Allegra yeah, finds so out the we, we went over that. Yeah. And then dumps her. And yeah. comes the, and it's so kind of funny because like there's this thing between like it's very subtle in this movie. There's a lot of things that are really subtle in this movie. Mm-hmm. Allegra and uh, Prudy and their relationship, yeah, is really subtle. Mm-hmm. Prudy gets there and Bernadette is in the midst of comforting her because she's in a fight with Dean. And in walks Allegra crying, I broke up with Corinne. And yeah. I'm like, Prudy, you know, Prudy had that because she turns and looks at her. Mm-hmm. Like she had this moment of really five seconds. Can I have it please? <laughs> and then, because that's pretty. Yeah. But, and mom is not very understanding because she doesn't know the situation. Yeah. And so her mom puts her foot in it. Like Sylvia puts her foot in it and says, well, you know, you don't just give up on someone you love. That's just like your father. Da, 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 da. Yeah. What it is, is, is she's saying is, um, like Allegra is being dramatic about it in a way that, that you do when you're in your early twenties. Yeah. And, and, um, and Sylvia saying, you know, what did, did she hit you? Did she say cruel things? You're so quick to love. You're too quick. You jump in, you jump out. Like that's the Daniel in you. We don't just dispose of people we love. You stay, you repair. And but if I, I believe if mother had known the whole situation, yeah. it would be a different thing. <laughs> in the book, she actually told Daniel about it all. So Daniel yeah. knew everything and Sylvia did. Yeah, yeah. But in the, uh, but, but yeah, Allegra, Allegra continues with, you know, this isn't you and dad. Like, this is Corinne. And the difference being dad actually loves you. So you go repair, power on, and maybe dad will give up the woman he's been seeing. Yeah. Um, and she's yelling this in a crowded bathroom full of, a lip, full of Sylvia's coworkers. So that's, you know, poor Sylvia. But. I mean, librarians are gossips, but, but, uh, so then we have Jocelyn and Greg, cause Greg is picking up Jocelyn to bring her mm-hmm. in his donut grease car. And he didn't clean it out ahead of time. Yep. Like, dude, 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 you clean out the car before you pick up someone like that. But anyway, and he asked her about the Le Guin books this is the third or fourth time he's asked her about the Le Guin books. Yeah. And she's like, I haven't read them yet. I prefer books about real people because she's in a snotty mood because they're running late. He has been flirting with Sylvia from her perspective and you know now this like is he ever like mm-hmm. i've heard books about real people because real people are complicated in sci-fi books things just happen that's that's a falsehood you know, but what she says is like sci-fi has people in it but they're not about yeah, people that's what i mean and, which that depends which on the sci-fi a, it's a distinction and he actually tells her he's like i'll be interested in your opinion we've actually read some sci-fi yeah. i'm like oh i really like that burn like that that's a very like good in my opinion yeah a very good like burn moment like 
I, you know, because he brings it later. He read Austin because she suggested it. She won't even give what mm-hmm. he said a try. Mm-hmm. And and it's just, that's who Jocelyn is. She decided yeah. she won't like it, so therefore she won't like it. Um, and then he, his car runs out of gas, and they're walking. I I love this whole conversation they yeah. have while they're walking. Yeah, I have one line from it that I really. Um, I've I've got several, but he, like they're you know they're walking along. Um, he doesn't have his cell phone. She can't find hers. Like they're looking for a payphone, and like Jocelyn is just getting more and more like annoyed. Um. And at some point during, like, the when everything is kind of this heated discussion is starting to escalate, um, Greg, Greg asks, he's like, am I your friend or am I just some widget to help you make Sylvia feel better about herself? And, um, you know, she doesn't really have a response. And he, he goes on to say, um... He's like, what, you know, what, what did you think? Like the first time we met, like, because I thought what a beautiful woman, I hope she looks over at me, but I thought that if I read your favorite books, you would read mine, but no, you just want to be obeyed. That's why you have dogs. And, but it's not even like the delivery of that is yeah. so great. You want to be obeyed. And then a realization yeah. crosses his face. That's why you have dogs. Yeah. And like, cause it's like, Oh, I see now. Like Greg is still learning about this woman in a lot of ways. But that, like, I love watching the actual, like, light bulb moment happen yeah. for him there. Uh, and they they eventually make it to the to the thing. Pretty's a mean drunk. That's all yeah. I need to say about that. She makes her husband feel stupid. She, yeah. Dean is there, like, at the table. And, like, and he's trying to take care of her. He's so trying to take care of her. That's another one of those scenes. I love yeah. this scene. Like, he like is, he's trying to take care of her. And, like, at he's some listening point, to Bernadette's stories and laughing in the right places. Yes. And he's really trying to be involved. <laughs> And, like, at some point, she just, it's, again, like, she just kind of, she turns on him. Like, she's she, definitely she, been drinking too much at that She's point. been drinking too much, but, like, she is, once again, using him as a punching bag. Yep. And, and you know, like, they're talking about Jane Austen, and, and Prudy says, you know, Dean thinks Austin is the capital of Texas. Yeah. And, and he's like, like. And she has, like, she has a complete and utter breakdown. Yeah. Because um, they're talking about Pride and Prejudice. And somebody brings up Mrs. Bennett and she basically talks about how she feels like she's her own mother. She's got a ticking time bomb in her chest Mm -hmm. before she becomes her own mother. Yeah. And Greg trying to bring things back in. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, what about the father in in the book? And she's like, what father? And then she goes off into this, her own life story thing. And then she storms out and, and I love like Dean immediately like goes running yeah, after her. And then Allegra. But but so does Allegra. That was the, that was the thing, the, the subtlety of that, I, I wish we had the almost wish we had the scene, but I'm also glad we don't. Yeah. Of Allegra somehow comforting Prudy. Cause Allegra goes into the bathroom cause he stops to knock on the door and Allegra's like, Dean, I got this. Yeah. And she goes in there to see, to take care of, uh, to take care of Prudy. The two people who arguably hated each other the most at the beginning of this book mm-hmm. or movie. <laughs> Sorry. I met movie and said book at the beginning of the book club. Yeah. They now are, in a place where Allegra can go comfort her and Allegra has just lost her girlfriend, mm-hmm. but she can go comfort Prudy somehow. Like, I love that. Like, and then Bernadette takes Prudy home, not Dean. Mm-hmm. And she admits to Prudy what's going on. And yep. that, you know, there's this boy, he looks at me like he hates the spoon and I'm the dish of ice cream, which is a good line, yes. but a bad person to have it about mm-hmm. <laughs> because Dean looks at you like you're the meal. Yeah. So I mean, he does. No, like, I- she just doesn't see it because she's become so 
Just no, used the, to it. The way that you said, like you're the meal. For some reason, my brain jumped back to to, to, to music and lyrics, and I was like, "Where's dessert?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying, like it, it just and Bernadette tries so hard to counsel her against this, like a number of times, even later. But yeah, so then uh, we get of, into June since it's ability, right? Uh, Allegra has her rock climbing mm-hmm. accident gets goes to the hospital. Daniel and Sylvia are by her bedside. Yeah. And Daniel comments it's nice to have them together as a family again. He hasn't seen Pam in two yeah. months. And he and Pam aren't together anymore. Um and then it, we have like the book club comes into Well, you also have that moment um with Sylvia and Daniel where Sylvia is kind of like, well, that's nice. That's bad for you. I'm sorry, but I'm not the person you left anymore. And you're not the person that left me anymore. Mm-hmm. So we're not those people. So it's great that we took things apart and we did things the right way. Yeah. But she's not gonna, she's not good. She's like, no, I'm, I'm, she's in a healthy place after the divorce yeah. now. And she's, she's good. And I like that. We see that she has reached that healthy place. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. I think that's yeah, an important yeah, yeah. Sylvia development. But anyway, then they have the discussion, yeah. which is all thinly veiled on everybody's part. Like, oh, this yeah. is the most heated discussion. Uh, sensibility, and they talk about Mrs. Dashwood deserving a Willoughby. <laughs> and what's wrong with the older woman seducing the younger man? Prudy learns the wrong lesson from this discussion. Yes. I'm just going to say that. Because do we not realize what happened to Marianne with Willoughby? Don't you mm-hmm. don't want to be the Marianne? No rules, no fear. That she gets, she almost dies. Like you don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. But she misses that story. Yeah. And then you have the thinly veiled fighting between Jocelyn and, and Greg, Greg, which is so fun to watch. Like mm-hmm. and Allegra, Allegra and Prudy keep going like back and forth. Like they have that moment where they kind of crack each other up. Yeah. Like I really like and the, I, they and have I, yeah. congealed. Yeah. yeah, and I was just and I love that also during this, like Bernadette is literally like leaned over mm-hmm. Prudy and like you working her hands and like showing her how to knit. How to knit, yeah. Uh, yeah, I did write that down too, I forgot. But yeah, I, I just love that they have now congealed as this mm-hmm. little family. I, I love that. Like that like, like they, they actually, are comfortable like, with each other. They now. actually are a group now. Where where Prudy before would sound snobbish on things, now it's actually a discussion and mm-hmm. Um, we get into July mm-hmm. and well, and Bernadette also tries to influence Prudy at that moment. When yeah. I'm SNS, SNS, that's what I, I shortened it to, but, um, yeah, Prudy's like, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so then we reach July and persuasion and the beach mm-hmm. and Prudy lies to Dean and goes to meet Trey at a hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we have persuasion at the beach. We have, yeah, everybody's showing up at the beach. Grig is bringing a woman, and they are all you know, up in arms. No, it's like they all keep like somebody said Grig is bringing someone, and so everybody jumps into. I can't believe Grig is bringing a date to our meeting to our last meeting. Yeah, and it's just like chill the fuck out, people. Well, they, I think they're all on, do it for Jocelyn's behalf. Like Sylvia is being the good oh best friend. God. Like I can't believe he'd bring a date to this thing, and yeah. Jocelyn's all offended because well, Jocelyn is interested in him. Yeah. And then Daniel shows up. Daniel shows up because I love it. While while, you know, Allegra was in the hospital, like he started reading Persuasion with her with yeah. her. And and he got you know, he kinda got into it. And so he he shows up and like and I love that everybody's he's like, you know, is is it okay if I stay? And and everybody just kinda looks to Sylvia. Jocelyn and, says no. Yeah, Jocelyn says no and like but everybody just kinda looks at Sylvia and she's just like 
Well, yeah, all right, it's fine. Well, because he goes, second chances are kind of something that I, you know, I, yeah. I need or something like that effect to give you the idea that that he knows he screwed up big time and wants to. Re- yeah, he says something like, like you know, Austin seeming pretty big on like second chances or yeah. something like that. This book seems pretty big on second yeah. chances, and that's something I could use right now or something like that. Effect. Yeah, because I love later in the same like spe- section mm-hmm. where he's talking to Bernadette. Uh, about the book. Like, he literally has mm-hmm. read this book because yes. he is able to converse I, about it. I I'm love, so proud. I love that scene of, yeah, of Daniel Daniel and Bernadette yeah. uh, talking over the book. Uh, and then we go, it goes back to Prudy and does the What Would Jane Do, which was in all the trailers, and I feel like that's the only reason it was actually yeah. flashing on the sign. Which, but. during all of this, like, I have to say, like, I didn't love... All of the music choices for this movie. Yeah, there were some weird ones. But there are two that I thought were just really choice. One, it was during Allegra skydiving, and it was Snow Patrol's uh, You're All That I Have. Yeah. And like, it's so good. Um, and during this, it's Amy Mann's Save Me. Mm-hmm. And mwah, it's choice. I'm like, anytime you can work Amy Mann into any soundtrack, I'm going to be happy. But like, it worked so well here. Um, and then we see Pretty Leaf. We see that she does not cross the road. Yeah. She runs away from Trey. Um, and then Greg has brought his sister, yes. Kat. Kat, played by the amazing and wonderful Nancy Travis. Like, I yep. bloody love that woman. First saw her and So I Married an Axe Murderer, and I've been in love with her ever since. And her first action upon meeting Jocelyn is to go, let's go for a walk and make everyone but Jocelyn stay. Yep. And Greg is just kind of like, what are you going to oh, do? Oh, yeah. He's like, Kat came here for a surgical strike. Yeah. Kat is here to take care of baby brother, and that's mm-hmm. all there is to it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love that. They, they walk off together. And then Allegra brings Dr. Yip. Mm-hmm. And then Prudy goes home to Dean. Yes. And I, I really love that, this scene in particular. Yeah, me too. Like, there's a lot of issues I have with Prudy's character, but this is the where she starts getting it right. And she shows up, and she, that uh, we talked about it a little bit. Um, she starts reading the first page of the book to Dean. I, the the thing that gets me is, you know, she comes in and he's, you know, he's playing, Mm -hmm. he's playing a computer game and she says, you know, read this book. And and he's just like, what? Like right now, just like, just like, just start reading it. And, um, and they, they have a little bit more back and forth and, you know, and he kind of like, he takes the book, but he's not opening it. And he says, and he says, he's like, I just feel like you're setting me up for a test that you don't want me to pass. And she's like, it's not a test, and not a test. It's something to share. Yeah. And she begins to read it out loud because he won't read it. Yeah. And he goes, just tell me what it's about. And so she says, it's about two people who used to love each other and how they persuade themselves to give it another shot. Which I don't completely agree with that, but that's fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll let it go for the for the movie purposes. I'll let it go. Yeah. But she begins to read the first page of it, and he goes, "Are you going to read the whole thing?" And he's like, "I guess you're not going to read the whole thing." And then she kind of looks at him like with this pleading expression. He and he just like reaches out and touches her. And goes, "Okay, just one, one page. One page." And one page turns into more, and turns mm-hmm. in, then we see in a montage. I'm going to skip to the yeah because we see him reading to her, and then him reading alone while she's sleeping. I'm like, mm. I love that montage. Yeah, I do too. so much. Like I love my husband. My husband's never going to read Persuasion. I know that he has given Pride and Prejudice a shot, I believe, mm-hmm. but he hates that style of writing. It's not for him. Yeah, but to have a man willing to read that book mm-hmm. so that he can understand you and and then get into it like yeah. that, I just love that whole idea. Like. I love it. Like, because both of the guys are all the guys in this movie that wind up being worth a crap. Mm-hmm. Read the books. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I really enjoy that. <laughs> um, and we get like, we get all of the montages basically. After yeah. That, we get, but, um, cause you get cat telling Jocelyn 
he likes you. He's never going to make the first move. We raised him to be too, uh, too, what was it, considerate yeah. of others. So he's never going to make the first move. So now you know he likes you. Do something about it. Yeah. And what she does is go home and read the Le Guin books. Yep. Which I love. And, yeah. And come on. Sitting up all night reading books. That's yeah. just the best. Well, okay. Part of the montage, like, mm-hmm. I have have to explain with um, when Daniel and Bernadette were talking about persuasion. Yes. Um, Bernadette has the line of, you know, I like how Austin lets the men explain themselves. Uh, let us never underestimate the power of a well-written letter. Yeah. And puts the idea in Daniel's head. And so part of the montage is like, we have Dean reading, we have Jocelyn reading, uh, and we we have Daniel writing a letter. Yeah. And Daniel, you really get in the conversation with Bernadette that he sees himself in Wentworth. Yeah. And he's like, he made the mistake, you know, he's, because Bernadette has something about Wentworth is using Louisa to make Anne jealous. Yeah. He's like, is that what you see? That's not what I see. I see this. And like, it's the same thing yeah. we do on this podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, you see some things one way and I see things another way because we have different, like we're coming out from different yeah. angles. And I just love that he, because I've always seen it that way too. So when he says, that's not the way I see it, I see it as there was this person who appreciated him kind of yeah. thing. Like, I really love that they bring that aspect out too. in this. Because a lot of movies don't do that. They just, they have book club be book club and not be a big deal. Yeah. Uh, but Jocelyn, Jocelyn finishes the books and like stays up all night to finish them <laughs> and like immediately like jumps in the car and to go over to Griggs, but it's five o'clock in the morning. So she just sits out in her car and waits like a creeper. <laughs> she falls asleep. She, until, falls, yeah. she falls asleep and Grig comes out the next morning and like taps on the window to wake her up. And she's like, she's just like, Oh my gosh, like these books are incredible. Like I, I read this and then like that was enough. So I read this and then I wanted more. So I went to the all night, blah, 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 blah. And they didn't have it. Like, and they didn't have it. And he's like, Oh, do you like, do you want to borrow it? And he's just so excited. But but then he takes the books away and lays one on her. Yeah. Because reading those books is an admittance from Mm -hmm. her. And he kisses her. And then we get sex montage. Yes. (laughs) Everybody, except for, and we get Sylvia reading the letter because he has left the letter on her doorstep. And the book actually has the letter that that mm-hmm. he wrote that I'm pretty sure is probably what they did in there. It basically says, "Hey, I am moron," mm-hmm. but but I love that we don't see it in the movie. Like I think yeah. it, it doesn't it, need it. It moves her to tears, and that's all. It moves her to call him, mm-hmm. and that's all it needs to do. Yeah. And then I love I love when Allegra comes home later mm-hmm. and sees them making out, and she's like, <gasps> like yeah. so excited that her her mommy and daddy are back together. And, uh, and yeah, so I, I was like, they're really mm-hmm. under mark, underline back together. Yeah. I, um, yeah. Like we had, you know, couples reconciling yeah. couples getting together Yeah, and you know, everybody's pairing off. And then we get a year later. Yes. And at the library dinner the following year. Prudy is pregnant. Mm-hmm. Adorably. So, cause Emily Blunt can't do anything. Not adorably. And, but you get the idea from this, like, cause everybody's at the table except for Bernadette and you get the idea that all of the dudes have now read it. Like that both, uh, uh, Dean and Daniel have read Austin now, and like yeah. they're talking about what they should read next. Well, yeah, the, I'm just like, yay! Well, and I, because I love, because <laughs> um, I love it's. Um, I can't remember what it is, but like Daniel brings up, he's like, oh, you know, did you uh, you heard about like these books? You know, it's something to do like with with the Navy, mm-hmm. and and Greg pipes up with like, oh. Jane Austen's Navy, you know, like of this time and blah, blah, yeah. blah. 
And I can't remember, but like Dean has something to say. And then Allegra goes, wait, like, aren't there like 27 of those books? And they're like, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> like who cares? We don't, it's like, there's yeah. more of us now. And Dean's like, I'm in like yeah. immediately. No hesitation. Yeah. Nothing. And like, so, so this is my biggest thing compared to the novel. The novel, they don't meet again. That's it. Yeah. No more. They have clearly kept this going yeah. for a year and they are friends. They are family now. Mm-hmm. There is, like, Dean and Greg are buddies. Like, I see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they're, like they're, just the way that they respond to each other is yeah. so funny. And then... Um, <laughs> Bernadette has married number seven. Yep. Senor uh, uh, Obando, I yeah, think. Yeah, Senor Obando. And I, but I love, immediately, Dean is over there, like, arms wrapped around her, and he's like, so, Mr. Darcy? Yeah. And she just laughs at him, and then he, he like he's like a little puppy in yeah. this part, too. Because he, like, goes off and talks to him, and then comes back to the table and goes, guys, guys, he hasn't read a word of Austin. Yeah. And you just get Greg. Greg, Greg just goes, we'll fix that. We'll fix that. And that's the last line of the movie, except for yeah. cheers. Yeah, yeah. I, that ending, to me, redeems so many things in this movie, yeah. because it makes me happy. And, like, the idea that these people all now are this bonded unit because yeah. they read Jane Austen. I find interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that is the movie. Yeah. Like I said, if you, if you like it, we skim some parts and some parts are problematic. I, I, I mean, very problematic, mm-hmm. but the character's probably like the character is not flawless. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I think it's less of a problem in the movie than it is in the book. Mm-hmm. Cause in the movie he's 18 and there's more reasons behind it. If that makes yeah. sense. Um, but anyway, so I think everybody stayed together Except for probably Allegra and Dr. Yip, because Dr. Yip's not there. Like, I, I hoped for it so hard. But I think everybody else stayed together. Yeah, sure. Why not? Who cares, right? Jocelyn and Greg are adorable. See, I just love it. It just makes me happy. The Jocelyn and Greg of it makes me happy. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I love the idea of sci-fi bonding people, like like a book's bonding people into love. Yeah. But anyway, so what do you rate this movie? I think I'm just going to go with a, a three. See, I'm going three and a half. Um, because like I said, for me, the ending is so enjoyable that it, it lets some of the bad feelings I have about early in the movie go. Prudy is still my least favorite character, but, but yeah. Watching it, watching this movie now as, as a fully grown adult woman <laughs> and not a college student, there's just so much that mm-hmm. like, especially with Prudy that like it got under my skin and mm-hmm. it like. Like, there was a lot of shit with Prudy that just straight up, like, triggered me. And so, um, it just kind of tainted a lot of, like, other stuff happening yeah. in the movie for me. And I so, that, yeah. I'm just, like, like there's just so much that she does to me that is, like, not quite unforgivable, but... But close, yeah. But close. Yeah, I'm with and you. And I, I just, I can't get past that. And this, because it's such a large ensemble cast, and, like, they're trying to cover you know, a six month period in, you know, like a two hour movie. And so everything feels so rushed to me. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it's like a, it's a whirlwind of a movie and like the hopping from, you know, one thing to the next, like it, it got a little tiring for me. And so it's just, I, I don't think I can do more than a three. You're fine. I didn't think you were going to give it a three. So yeah. Um, I, I just went three and a half. Honestly, I said- like it's, it's the Jimmy Smith's, and um, Amy mm-hmm. Brenneman. See, that, I really love them. That, I love them a lot. Like, the unit of, like, the two of them and then Maggie Grace's Allegra, like, that's... Yeah. Like, they are my three favorite people in this movie. Yeah, I've, I I really like them a lot. 
And like, I love them. And then I loved Jocelyn and Brig eventually getting it together. And I mean, how can you not love uh, Bernadette? I wish we had more Bernadette. But yeah. What we get of Bernadette is so good. And I, I feel, I, I think I mentioned at the beginning, like we, like Bernadette gets a little bit of like short shrift. Yes. Because everything that we know about her is all like it. There's so much shorthand about Bernadette's character. Yes. That, like, we never really get any depth to her like we do with some of the other characters. Because because her character... Her character doesn't have to go through anything. Her character... Like, her character is just there. She's the mother hen, like... Yeah. She's there to help manage everything with Jocelyn. Yeah. That's all it is. But... That's all for me. Yeah, I have nothing else to add. So since you have nothing to say either, then that will get it for this episode of Couch Buddies. We thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Couch Buddies, why not leave us a rating and review over on iTunes? And while you're at it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us by searching on social media. We're Couch Buddies Pod on Twitter, on Tumblr at couchbuddies.tumblr.com, and you can email us at couchbuddiespod at gmail.com.